Let's get into the word today. I'm excited about this. Um, you know when I have to work really hard on them as far as when it feels like I'm, I got to really like, you know, you get down there deep and dig some things out on topics and things that we talk about. I feel that it's going to be pretty good because it's really more God than me on this stuff, if you know what I'm saying, right? Because dating is what we're talking about today. Dating. Okay. Did Lori already leave? I want her to come up and help us uh, learn how to manage a calendar. Not dating. Dating. All right. That was from Chris. That was Chris. All right. But listen, we started this series off in Genesis 1. Remember this? Get back in with me. We, we started off with talking about us and God as uh, the creation and the creator, right? And understanding the value that we possess in him as his kids, as his creation, which is so important for us, and we'll get back into it a little bit more later. And the ability and the, 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 the gift that we have to worship him, how amazing it is. We, we did it here today. We did it Friday night. We did it last week. You do it throughout the week. You worship him, and it's so exciting because he's worth it. He's valuable too. Okay, and that's what we understand as creator creation is our value in that. And we'll get to that more in just a bit. Last week, we talked about marriage. That was so much fun. Did anybody have fun listening? I had fun listening. Okay, um, the word tells us about marriage and it's exciting, especially the end. You will become one. Listen to the podcast. Okay, <laughs> but we talked about how important marriage is, though. And, and listen, listen to me on this. We started with marriage before dating because marriage becomes before dating. You're like, what do you mean? It takes two to tango, obviously, which produces life. And then that life watches what has been exhibited for them in a marriage relationship. And then they duplicate it. You understand what I'm talking about? That's why marriage is so important, guys. Essential to your life. Because from the very beginning, it is the institution that the enemy has sought to destroy. Are you hearing me? And he sought to destroy this godly marriage idea because God loves us so much and he wanted to show us that love by sending us someone, a helper suitable that would love us back the way that we love them, the way that God loves us. And men, we learned, die. You're here to die for her. You're here to lay down your life for her, right? You're here to do that. And she is here to help you and, and to submit. But we know in the beginning, from the beginning, submit to one another. So this love and respect, remember that? Hit the podcast if you haven't heard it. You'll love it. Love and respect. And if we don't start the cycle now off properly, it'll be a vicious cycle where you're trying to get love and you can't get love. You're trying to get respect. You can't get respect. And all of a sudden, you just keep going round and round and round. And 20 years later, still nothing. Marriage, so important, okay? But today, we find ourselves, like we talked about already, at dating. Dating. Now, my married folks, have you already checked out on me? Nod your head if you have. If you're over 20, have you checked out on Okay, just, I, I get it. You're just like, oh my gosh, why is he talking about dating? This dude's like, man, I got her, man. I don't need to date anymore. Look, she's mine. Look, she's my prize. She's my bride. No, listen, it's important that we talk about it. So much so, listen to this. Listen, this, I love stats. I love stats. I love statistics, even if they're wrong, because they're fun. Okay, <laughs> kidding. But Research shows us regarding online dating. Oh, this is fun, right? Okay, now, now, mind you, since 2005 to 2015, online dating doesn't have the stigma it once had. If you met someone online in 2005, it's like, did you really? What is wrong with you? Now it's like, you met them online? Yeah, 
that's awesome. How's it working? You know, statistically speaking, it really is a lot better now. But here's the thing. Did you know, I love this. Did you know the annual revenue from the online dating industry, 1.749 bill. We're in the wrong business, people. You want to raise money for BGMC? Shoot. Online dating is the answer. Listen to this. Total number of single people in the U.S., 52,250,000. Total number of people in the U.S. who have tried online dating, 49,250,000. You are not alone, okay? Total eHarmony. These are the two big ones, right? eHarmony and Match.com. eHarmony members, 16.5 mil. Y'all should try it. Total Match.com members, 23.575 milli. My favorite, though. Are you ready for this? My favorite of all time, okay? I'm telling you, don't, don't put anything on the screen yet. But if I weren't married yet, okay? You guys know I'm happily married. I am madly in love with my wife. God forbid something happened to her, which we all pray. You know the world will be in a mess if something happened to her. But if so, I would not go to Match.com. I would not go to eHarmony. I would not go to Christian Singles or Christian Mingles or Christian whatever. You know what I would go to? Put it on the screen. Yes, and here's why. Here's why. I've been around livestock all my life. I always knew what I wanted. Are you serious? Did you just call her a heifer? Have you seen the commercials though? They're like walking in the field, straw in the mouth. Baby, I love you. I love you. I'm not going to go any further. All right. But dating is a real deal, isn't it? And go look at stats about how it's just wild. Some of the stats you don't want to look at because some of the stuff you're just like, that looks like a Viagra commercial and I'm staying far away from that. Okay, seriously, it's, don't go that far. But dating is, is, is a real thing. And, and we want to talk about this as a church. Remember, because our goal is to get real with stuff that should be the about, right? You should be properly informed about things. And I think the church should be the place that you're informed most that you should get correct information, and you're like, well, you just talked about stats that may not be correct. Bear with me. I'm doing my very best with what I got, okay? But the thing is this. There is, I don't know if you know this, if you read through scripture, it didn't say Ahab dated Rahab, and then you didn't see Adenabab dated Selenabab. You know what I'm saying by that? You don't see names of who dated who, do you? You're like, that's right. You see courting. You also see when a father knows, you know, that his son needs a wife and he goes back to his own family, huh? And then he says, well, let's pick a, a good woman from there for her, for him. It'll be great. Let's just pick like my, her, his second cousin. That's fine. We live in a different world in a different time. And we got to get real about dating. It's important for you guys. It is so important. And the thing is, dating applies to all ages, all ages. It doesn't matter, single or married, divorced, anywhere across the board. And again, the disclaimer is this. We always want you to understand that when you're in God, you're a new creation. The past is gone. All things have become new. You have a second chance to do life over. Okay? So are you with me? Okay, four of you. This is going to be good. All right. I know it's 9 a.m. It's kind of fun. 
Number one thing we have to do is get back to the heart of the matter when it comes to dating. The heart of the matter. The heart of the matter is your heart. And this is so important for us to understand because the one thing that God has given us that we care about so much is the one thing that can get broken, that can get misconstrued, that can get misconceived, that can get any type of miss you want to see in it because it is our heart and we are human and we are fickle, but we're made to love. We're made to be in relationships. And what happens is we get in them and things happen and we get broken by them or we are full by them. We are excited or we are sad. We are everything in relationships, aren't we? even more with dating relationships. Because a lot of times, dating isn't necessarily leading to marriage for us. It's like, eh, I'm just going shopping. Bing, let's hang out, right? That was online if you didn't catch that. Okay, podcast, that was online. You know, we, don't, we come with this heart that has been through so many things and we have to be reminded of where we have come from, like I was talking about before. We look at the beginning, how God created us. You look at this. In his own image, in the image of God created the male and female. The understanding that, number one, you have a creator again. We got to go back to this. Why? Because we get swayed so easily by so many things. People say, people do. We end up broken, misguided, misled, and in a place where we feel like we're without God and nobody cares. But when we understand the heart of the matter, we understand that God saw what he made, you, and it was very good. Doesn't dating kind of just like feel like it throws you out in the trash? You go through this, you're so excited, you're pumped for the. It's been many years for me, okay? Many years in that way. But you go on the date, you're really, I think he likes me. I mean, he talked to me and he didn't use his phone while we were together. I think it's something. Dude, man, Karen and I were dating. She ate on the date. She's hot, bro. She ate. That's how I was. You know, when Karen and I were dating, we went out to eat and she ate food with me. I'm like, you are hot. You eat food. I'm not wasting anything on you. I'm not investing. You know what I mean here. True story. You're eating. This is hot. Let's get married. <laughs> but you come out of dating, though, for real, with some scars and some stuff that, that become an identity for you. And your heart is changed by it. And not only do we, until we go back to this place, the heart of the matter, understanding who we are in him, will we remember. I love Psalm 139, David speaking so intimately and so deeply with God on this. Remember, you have searched me, Lord, and you know me. You know when I sit and when I rise. You perceive my thoughts from afar. You discern my going out and my lying down. You are familiar with all my ways. Before a word is on my tongue, Lord, you, can, you know it completely. You hem me in behind and before, and you lay your hand upon excuse me, upon me. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me, too lofty for me to attain. Where can I go from your spirit? Where can I flee from your presence? Going back to the heart of matters here. If I go to the heavens, you are there. My bed in the depths, you are there. Rise on the wings of dawn. You know all this, right? From settle the far side of the sea to the other, right? Even there, your hand will guide me. Your right hand will hold me fast. Surely the darkness will hide from me. Even the darkness will not be dark to you. We go on and listen. You, for you created my inmost being. You knit me together in my mother's womb. Nobody knows you like he does, right? For you created my inmost being, the heart of the matter. And this is where we find the healing. This is where we clean the slate. We go back to God and us. And it's so important that we go there. Why? Because we are precious in his eyes. Isaiah 43, we see this. We are precious in his eyes. And you think about diamonds. You think about diamonds, right? 
So when Kara and I got married, I, I just kind of envisioned, because we were like, what, 14, 15? And, um, you know, I envisioned getting her this ring, and I was so excited about it because I always wanted to make her feel really special because she is, and she's beautiful. And I'm like, she needs a beautiful ring. And then we go ring shopping. <laughs> yeah, um, poor college kid, right? And all of a sudden, we have this guy that's helping us, quote unquote, helping us find a great ring. And it's almost like someone cut a diamond and they said, hey, here's the leftovers. You can put it on a tri-ring and there's her engagement ring kind of thing. All right. Diamonds with lines in it and stuff. She's like, stop. But the thing is, you think about us and in God's eyes, we are so precious. Like that precious diamond. You know, when you put it on her finger, you're like, she's mine. Look at that. She's mine. Even though it wasn't the biggest stone in the place, it still meant that I believed, loved, trusted her, and she was precious to me. And you look at diamonds. Listen to me. If we're going to compare ourselves to diamonds, how much is a diamond worth anyway? In 2013, a nearly 60 carat. (laughs) All the ladies are like, yes, Lord, I will wait. I will wait. Mm, Hallelujah. Can I get some color? Okay. Flawless pink diamond called the ladies finish it. Do you know what it is? Pink star. Did you know it? You guys are redonkulous. The pink star was auctioned at Sotheby's for a whopping $83.2 million. That is a diamond that will make you feel precious. We are so more valuable in his eyes. You are far more precious than that diamond. That's how much he loves you and that's how much he cares which lends us to this second thing I want to talk about, and I'm going to have some help sharing, and you'll see on the screen in just a moment. Being confidently single. Doesn't that word kind of give you like, <laughs> for some people that are single, like, oh gosh, it's like a death sentence. No, it's not. It's not, okay? And I've had some help, okay, from some awesome single folk from our church, a couple of people that wanted to help us. Dr. Dre, literally, Dr. Dre, chiropractic care. Rach, where are you? Miller, where are you? Okay, student, WVU, has helped us with this. And let me, let me read this quote to you first. He who has God has everything. He who has everything but God has nothing, St. Augustine. He who has God has everything. He who has everything but God has nothing. So we covered a couple questions. What is most difficult about being single in a always dating world? Have you ever thought about that? What is so difficult? Okay. What is most difficult? And the second one was this, that you'll see what has helped you to be okay and content in a culture that is super absorbed with always needing someone. All right. Roll that beautiful bean footage. God bless you, my child. Go and sin no more. Uh, probably see me in directing part uh, and with ministry on Tuesday morning. Hey, um, my name is and I'm part of the Foundry family. Um, I'm a group leader with my Today, Junior. What is it? This right here means death. In my experience, probably one of the most. In my experience, probably. It's okay. This is this is why we work out the kinks. Audio video. Did it shut down? Sweet. All right. So this is why we do this. All right. We're excited about this. The most difficult thing. What is what is the most difficult thing? Yell it out. Um. About wait. What? <laughs> she was on note mode. 
This is, this is why I got scared about trying video stuff. Okay. Most difficult about being single in an always dating world, go. Um, I think just that in an always dating world, in like a secular um, point of view, everybody tells you like that's where your worth is. Like that's all it's about is like who you're going to be with, all that stuff. And that's important, but putting the Lord is like more important. And so it's like if you're, you know, late 20s, early 30s, still single or something, I feel like people kind of can look down on you. Okay. And so, yeah. Dr. Dre, can you do it again? <laughs> Do you want to talk about your problems? Solitude and I stark contrast, right? Thank. Depression. See, these are these are these are key factors that are real. What's wrong with you? Why don't you have somebody yet? Are you damaged goods? Do you want to talk about it? Let me tell you about how amazing I've been married for 13 years. Let me tell you what you're doing. No, that's not it. No. And then also the understanding of making sure that God is number one. And this is so important. This is what we captured. Jess, good job editing everything that was perfect that just crashed it. It's good. Okay. But the thing is this, it's understanding being confidently single. Why? Because you are valuable in who you are. You are valuable. And God has fearfully and wonderfully made you. Okay. You're beautiful. All right. Praise God for that. And I'll protect you to the end because I'll be your big bro. Stunningly handsome. 20s, 30s, okay, um, career, college, all right, people we can identify with this, all right, and the thing is this, that, that you have to understand who God has made you to be, that's why the first point lends to the second point, and you got to be confident in that relationship, because I can tell you, everybody will make you question who you are if you don't have somebody. I was so fortunate, so blessed, that while I was at Valley Forge Bridal College, I found my wife, but it's so hard, isn't it, college students? If you don't get out and have someone, oh, God, it's a death sentence. <laughs> Got to go to farmers only. No, it's like, it's not like that. It's okay to be single. It's okay to be divorced and single. Listen, you'd rather be with the right person forever versus the wrong person forever, or even a short time that you end up divorcing anyways. It's okay to be single. Because you don't want to be attached, ladies, to a turd. If he's that way now, he'll be that way then. You know what I'm saying? Be okay with that. Rachel, you talked about taking a year off from dating altogether when we talked. You said it was the best thing I ever did because I learned to love Jesus. Didn't you? You said, I learned to love him for him. And I was okay with him, and he was okay with me. If, you said, if I ever get married or whatever, fine. But I'm okay with just him and I. Until we learn to be alone and be okay with him, we'll never be able to complete somebody else's life. You have to be as complete as you can be before you complete somebody else. Because otherwise, you're like, hey, I'm here. What's all that stuff behind you? That's my baggage. <laughs> Woo! <laughs> 
right? <laughs> Ladies, men, you've been around those people before and you don't want to be that person. So you be the person that you want to marry someday. You be confident in that, right? Philippians 4, 12 through 13. I know what, is, what it is to be in need. This is Paul speaking. He's talking about finances here, but it's also Paul talking about life. We know finances is a polarizing thing in our lives and relationships are the same, polarizing. And Paul's saying this, I know what it is like to be in need and I know what it is like to have plenty, okay? I have learned the secret of being content in any and every situation, whether well-fed or hungry, whether living in plenty or want. I can do all this through him who gives me strength. Same principle that we apply to relationships today, that you can make it. He will strengthen you, and it's okay to be single. It's not going to be that way forever, you got to be the right person before you can find the right person. Third thing is this, what I like to call looking glasses. Are we going to try the video again? Let's do it for fun, see if it'll crash. We already crashed once, let's try it again, all right? When the time is right, what qualities do you want your dateable mate to possess? I look for intelligence. Uh, I, I do like to have good conversations, um, heartfelt conversations. A mothering heart, a mothering and caring heart, I find that very attractive. Um, patience, um, a sense of adventure is something I look forward to. Well, it's going to be the common, you know, what everyone expects, say godliness, but um, truly the number one thing I want in a man, really, I've learned there's a difference between a guy who... Um, knows who God is and a guy who's in love with God and I want a guy in love with God I want a man in love with God um, yeah I want someone who's like um, protective and is willing to lead me I'm, I'm pretty independent and so but I mean I, I want a guy who's like going to lead me well um, I want someone who makes me laugh someone who I can just have fun with who I can be real with though like it's not always going to be um, you know good things like I get cranky and I'm really affectionate so like it means a lot to me when someone like just like holds my hand out in public whatever you know being like proud like that they're with me I love it I get cranky she even said I get hangry right but you want someone right that you want does that not make sense in a way you don't want to end up with someone that you never really wanted and there's some things that you should want ladies Gentlemen, there are things that you should want in someone. You want someone. There's so many scriptures here. Please, I'll send you the notes afterward because there's so many in this way. But I'm going to highlight some of the ones that I think are most important. It's unwise to date someone that doesn't love God. 2 Corinthians 6, 14 and 15. Don't be teamed with those who do not love the Lord. For what do the people of God have in common with the people of sin? How can light live in darkness? And what harmony can there be between Christ and and the devil, how can a Christian be a partner with someone who doesn't believe? It's so important. You will always be pulling against each other. You will always be pulling against each other, not pulling with each other, not pulling for each other. You'll be pulling against each other. You need to find someone that believes the same way you do when it comes to your faith. Avoid dating people with a bad temper, right? Think about that. You're like, that, that doesn't make much sense. It's very important because let me tell you what, ladies, guys can typically have a temper more than girls can, okay? But it can go both ways. But who he is now with that temper factor, I grew up in a house that was very 
tempered, okay? That we all had tempers. And it was just, wasn't long ever that we would have, I would like to call robust dialogue, all right? Uh, yelling, fighting. And the thing is, as a man, I had to say, okay, that's, that's a problem in my family. And this can't perpetuate to the next layer of family, all right? Because the thing is, if he has this bad temper now, if she has this temper now, it's only gonna be stronger later and your kids are gonna carry it too, okay? It's important. There's so much to cover here, all right? Someone with a good attitude, Romans 15, five. Someone, this is important, who encourage you and is supportive, Philippians 2, one through two, all right? Cheering each other up. It's so important that we have these things, that we possess these things, but also that we look for these things in a mate, you want someone that's going to help you every single step of the way. And that's why God said, I will make a helper. Eric talked about that, how important that word is to him. A helper that is suitable. A helper that is suitable. That's what you want. Okay, fourth thing is this. Happily ever after. Doesn't that just make you excited hearing that? We're going to live happily ever after. And this is really funny. In our forever home. Anybody heard that term forever home, Kara? Anybody, have you heard that term? People are using it nonstop these days. It's our forever home. We're going to HGTV. Yes, we have problems. We're going to live happily ever, ever, after ever in our forever home. And all of a sudden, like butterflies come out and unicorns prance across and then rainbows happen. And there's like a little leprechaun. No, but happily ever after. How does this happen though? The goal with dating is that you find somebody that you're going to marry. Again, you're not just flipping through and saying, yes, no, yes, no. You're finding somebody that you're going to marry that you're going to spend the rest of your life with. And, and it's so important that you find the right person. Now, if you've ever been to a wedding, okay, you, you always get to hear that the love is patient, love is kind. Remember that whole scripture, which is amazing. It's great. And the reason why this, this scripture is so important and, and why we use it so often, because love is the basis of, of marriage. You don't date for nothing. Remember, you're dating towards something. You're dating toward marriage. And if you can't see this person being your happily ever after, you better be careful with that. If you see the signs now, it's only going to get worse later because you're looking forward to the happily ever after. You're come to the love, but also it's something that's missing a lot. Gary Thomas did a blog about this coming from scripture, songs of, Song of Songs, which is about King Solomon and his wife, his love. He talks about, he says, my dove, my perfect one, the only one. And what Gary talks about in this is an understanding of cherishing. What do we say in our vows? To love and to? To love and to? To love and to? We're getting it. This is fun. This is fun. This is like a conversation. This is what I hoped it would be. It's important for us. Love is the basis. Love is, it speaks to sacrifice, commitment, service, and selfishness. All the essential elements of a marriage that can go the distance. But cherish speaks to delight and adoration, right? Like when you actually like being around somebody. How many of you grew up in a home where your parents loved each other, but you don't think they liked each other at all? <laughs> You're like, wow, she just punched him. That's different, you know? Or dad has not talked to mom for four days. He says he loves her. I don't know if he cherishes her much. Gary talks about how he'll be working at his desk in the morning, gets up early, I guess, and does some work, maybe some blogging, things like that. 
and his sweet wife of 30 years will come out and just come over to him and give him a little hug and a little kiss. And he knows in that moment that that's what Cherish is all about, the adoration, right? And that's what you want. You want someone that you will date, learn to love, but that someone will cherish you later. Cherishing is what it's about. Married people are like, what does this have to do with dating? This is what keeps marriages alive, cherishing one another. Let's get some examples here, okay? We see love is about being gracious and altruistic. Love is patient and kind. 1 Corinthians 13 is where you'll be hearing this from. Cherish is about being enthusiastic and enthralled. How much more pleasing is your love than wine and the fragrance of your perfume more than any spice? Think about what you're feeling here, right? She walks in, guys. She sprayed on some perfume. You get ready to go on a date. You're like, dang, you smell good to match all that's going on right here. I cherish this. Versus bills are due. We're going to make it, baby. We're going to make it because our love is fierce. You know, remember that whole thing? Love, cherish. Love tends to be quiet and understated. Love does not envy, does not boast. Cherish, boast boldly and loudly. My beloved is radiant and ready. That's kind of fun. Outstanding among 10,000. Kara, girl, you hot. I'll tell everybody. Line up 10,000. I'll be like, that's my boo. That's what cherish is about. Imagine how she feels on the other side. Ladies, imagine how he feels on the other side when you esteem him in front of 10,000. That's cherish. Love thinks about others with selfishness. Love is not proud. It does not, with, yeah, about others with selfishness. It's not proud. It does not dishonor others. It is not self-seeking. Cherish thinks about its beloved with praise. Your voice is sweet and your face is lovely. You will get a kick out of Song of Songs if you haven't read it before. It's hilarious, okay? Some of the stuff that, that Solomon talks about, fawns and just read it later, okay? But it, it's beautiful. Cherish is about the beloved with praise. Love doesn't want the worst for someone. Love does not delight in evil. Cherish celebrates the best in someone. Not just not wanting the worst, but celebrating the best. Think about that. How beautiful you are, my darling. Oh, how beautiful. Let's throw a party because you're so hot. You're beautiful. I cherish you. Do you think that would help a marriage? Or do you think it would hinder a marriage? I'd say help. Love puts up with a lot. Kara says amen. <laughs> Love always hopes and always perseveres, right? Cherish enjoys a lot. His mouth is sweetness itself. He is altogether lovely, said Kara. And you think about that, his, his mouth. What does he say to her for, her for her to say that his mouth is sweet? Not that he has candy in it. Not that he just took a gulp of sugar. He's saying kind things. He's building her up and he's cherishing her in this way. Love is about commitment. Love endures all things. Love never fails. Cherish is about delight and passion. Your name is like perfume poured out. Passion. Isn't this what you want dating to lead to? But if we don't get the heart of the matter right, if we don't know who we are in him, you know what I'm saying? If we're not confidently single, okay with it. 
If we're really not okay with it yet, we got we got to we got to talk about this. We got to work through that. If we're not willing to look at that and say that I'm okay with it, you know, if we'll never get to this place of cherishing. We'll never get there. We'll never know what to look for in a person. We'll never know what glasses to grab, to look through, to look for. If we don't understand that this is the goal, to have someone that you cherish. And that's what will keep things alive. But it all starts in the small ways, doesn't it? It really does. And I feel like God's goal today is to bring us to a place of healing in this. Because I feel like you can find us all over the board. Marriages are suffering like crazy because they don't know how to cherish one another. Right? You've seen it. Students, me, I still deal with it from what I witnessed growing up. There wasn't a cherish factor, so then you just settle. You settle for what you've seen. God sees so much more for you. He sees, just like he loves you, someone else that will love you like he does. Now, my start was different from everybody else. And my advice is different than the life that I had, okay? I was messed up. I was at Bible college, but I was just there. I wasn't in it, okay? I'd been kicked out at this point. They said, you're a threat to the community. You have to leave, okay? This is the kind of guy you follow, all right? Because I'd done so many quote-unquote bad things, which were quote, but also unquote. I was bad, okay? I was broken. I was torn apart, all right? I, I was not complete. I was a mess. And then God sent this cute little blonde bobbing down. I remember seeing her walking down the ramp and her little hair just bobbing like this. It was really long. Then she had on a Gap sweatshirt, shorts, and uh, tennis shoes, okay? I was like, well, hello, all right? And I remember she, she bobbed into my life. And what she did for me was showed me what grace looked like. Literally what grace looked like. You said, but you told me not to date somebody that isn't in the right place. Absolutely. I tell you that because nine times out of 10, it's going to work in your favor if you make sure you date the right person from the start. God had a plan that was different from everybody else. That's what I'm saying. Nothing is alike. Nothing is the same. But for me, that's what I needed then. God's grace. And here's the thing. I cherish her so much today because of what she gave me then. She was God to me in that moment. She did not judge me. She knew I had a past. She didn't ask what it was because everybody does. She accepted me for who I was right then and there. And from that moment on, I began to cherish her. That's what kept it alive. And that's what keeps it alive today. That's why we still date even today. All right? Because we cherish one another. We're going to conclude with a song this morning. But I want to challenge you. It, It may be something where... You want to come up and pray with somebody or talk through. It may be something where you want to work through with a, with a friend that you've come with because you guys have been journeying on this stuff for weeks anyways. You've been talking about this. Who am I going to marry? Blah, blah, blah. You know, kind of thing. But we want to journey with you and want to see healing happen in your life. And um, I want to pray with you if you would like that. Also, we have Derek, if you could come up. Eric, you come up to you down with that? Okay. All right. Pat's coming as well. She's always here for prayer. Ted, come up as well. Okay. And Care Bear, if you want to as well. You don't have to feel obligated, but we wanted to give you another option that you would have people that would journey with you through this. Otherwise, also talk to the people that are left to right of you, your friends that you've come with. Because we believe, we believe that the best is yet to come, that God has the perfect relationship for you, one in which you will be cherished 
and loved, okay? And it's so important, and don't settle until you get there. Again, it's better to be single than it is to be married to somebody that you didn't want to marry at all anyways. All right, are you guys with me? So I'm going to pray, and I'm going to believe in this moment that, that God has said some things to you. He's shown you some things that have been a struggle in your life that you've been walking through. And I also believe that in this moment you have family here that is represented that will journey with you, people that will pray with you, okay? And also people beside you that do life with you. If you're a couple and you want us to pray for you, let's do that. All right, let's walk through that. Let's journey with this today because we believe the best is yet to come. You can turn it around today if you want. Today can be a different day if you want it to be. Remember, the past is gone. All things have become new. That's the beauty of God. He is the one that's able to wipe away the past and make things new, but it's up to you, all right? So stand with me as we pray this morning and then we'll sing together. God, we just thank you so much. God, we've probably been all over the board this morning in our hearts and minds with emotions and feelings and all kinds of stuff that we've dealt with throughout the years, God. From what we've seen, what we've witnessed, and what we've felt, what we've been through, God. Like, we are just here. We, we, we just stand before you, and we just need, like, God, hug on us, love on us in this moment. Because all the things that we've been through, only you can help us get the rest of the way through it. So God, this morning, we commit ourselves to you again. If that means, if that means the process of us becoming who you want us to be, meaning that we, we, we give our lives to you, we give you ownership, lordship of our lives, and we commit ourselves to you, we, we say yes to the relationship with God through Jesus, which is called salvation, we do that. We repent, we ask for forgiveness, we turn from and turn to you. That's our number one goal, so that we can be the person that someone would desire and that we would want in someone else too. And then all these things that we've talked about today, if they weigh heavy on our hearts this morning, let us find rest as we worship you, as we are redefined of our worth and value, and we see who we really are. God, we just thank you so much that you are someone that reinstates, that you are someone that helps to build us back up, that you are someone that can put us on the right foot again. This morning we commit to that and we believe in it. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Again, if you would like to receive prayer during this song, you can come up or if you don't feel comfortable and you wanna wait till after, that's fine too. If you wanna worship first, do that. Do these two songs, you have two opportunities. <laughs> <laughs> to do that, all right? Let's do it.